theology, all things theology. We chop it up properly without an apology. Gotta get doxology to God hollow because this is how we do it at all things theology. Well, grace and peace, grace and peace. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology. Where I'm your host, K Dub, and today we're gonna talk about deliverance ministries. We're gonna talk about Alexander. Pagani. But before we do that, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're not. As always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I go live, drop new content. You gotta be in the loop. Yes, yeah, so I hope you guys are ready for a informative show, uh, tackling things that maybe you've never considered. That's what I hope to do for many people. Just give them a give them another sp- perspective. You. You guys know how I do it here. I just want you to think about it. Think about it. Hey, we can have a conversation. I just want to share some things that I've learned that, you know, in my studies that have been helpful and hope to pass it along to you and hope that it'll help you as well. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me about deliverance ministry lately. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Someone actually sent me this sermon that I'm going to be covering today and said, hey, can you please tackle this? I think it will be helpful. Well, I definitely will. If you've been following my channel for any time, I uh, I have covered Alexander Pagani in the past. Uh, he recently blocked me on Facebook. Can you believe that? Nice old me. <laughs> he blocked me. Uh, you know that's fine. He's able to do with his social media as he as he w- wishes. But here's a question I have for Pagani. Wait a minute. Who are you? going to be some interesting things that he says you're going to want to stick around for this whole video i'm not going to well you know what i will ruin it just to show alexander pagani denies the trinity i did not know that now is he knowledgeable i don't know maybe he was just so hyped up in speaking that he uh, made a denial of the trinity statement but you got to stick around for this whole video to hear that but we'll work our way there and show some of the issues I think, I believe, biblically speaking, um, many deliverance ministries, many charismatics even, have a error in. And so, yeah, make sure you like this video, by the way. Uh, 31 people in here. Get those likes up. Nine likes. Let's get it going. Acts chapter 8, verse 4. And so Alexander uh, Pagani is going to start off this video. In Acts chapter 8, hello, my wife. <laughs> She's watching. Um, don't block her, everyone. Uh, that's my wife saying that. So <laughs> uh, He's going to start off in uh, Acts 8. And I, like I said, I want him to build his argument for so far a lot. I'm actually going to let him uh, speak a lot. So, you know, maybe occasionally I'll drop in just for clarification. But, yeah, let's hear it. We're going to talk about the five signs to know that you're called to do deliverance. We're going to settle this today. You're going to want. Oh, so yes, this this min, this uh, sermon is actually going to be five signs that you know you're called to uh, do deliverance. Well, I didn't think we need any signs because I thought they said, I thought charismatic ministries told us that everybody needs to be doing deliverance ministries. But now it's only for certain people, I guess. But this is going to contradict himself later, but <laughs> here we go. Got to hear knowing and you're going to move on from this lack of identity in this area. You're going to know you're not crazy and that God called you to cast out devils. Following with verse 4. But the believers who were scattered 
preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria. He told the people there about Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and to do what? To see the miraculous signs that he did through Jesus, right? What does the next verse say? It says, many what? Many evil spirits. Okay, many evil spirits were what? Cast out. Screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Okay, watch this. Let's keep going. Look at this. A man named Simon, who had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the great one, the power God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God. As a result, what happened? Many men and women were what? Baptized. Then Simon himself, who was a witch or a warlock, he also what? Believed. Now, if you're not listening, make sure you actually pay attention. Make sure you pay attention. Um, You know, so... Yeah, pay attention to this, uh, you know, reading of Acts 8 and what he's going to get the point out of. Uh, Frank asked a question. Odd question, but can we use the term God? The English word God is translated from German roots with God, sacred word, Huda, Huda is a fire sacrifice. Um, is Elohim more appropriate? Well, I, I am all for you using the term in your language. Uh, I'm not a sacred namer. I don't believe that's you have to. Um, and the reason why I would have come to that conclusion is uh, theos is used in the Greek. And so that means God, but pagans also use theos. So, no, you don't have to use it in the um, Hebrew alone. But let's continue. Remember, Acts, we're at Acts 8. We're talking about... Uh, um, l- let me actually pull it up, too. Uh, I got it up here. We're talking about Philip... We're talking about Simon uh, following along from Acts 8. Let's continue. And was what? And was baptized. All right. Look at this. Look at this. He began to follow Philip wherever he went. He was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent who? Peter. Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to do what? Now, uh, again, so recapping the story, just in case you're dozing off, <laughs> uh, they sent forth, meaning uh, the people, they sent forth uh, for the apostles, and the apostles come to Philip. And But watch the point, watch the point he's going to draw from this. You guys ready? Watch the point you draw from this. Now listen closely, because this is going to be some of the first things you need to learn. Watch this. Look at this. What does the next verse say? It says, For the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. Here's the question that I have. How do you conduct deliverance without the Holy Ghost? Let me actually answer this because I I actually believe there are uh, dangerous conclusions people follow from this especially in the early church of Acts, where many people have uh, made very dangerous doctrines, right? Because So they'll go to the text like this and say, like, hey, see, look, you there are people in the early church who didn't have the Holy Spirit. 
See, that's why they had to get this second blessing or many charismatic doctrines like that arise. But you have to understand one thing. They, they the early church was in an intermediate, sorry, intermediate period, right? Many of the apostles had been walking with, with Jesus right during that time. And then the Holy Spirit descends on them. And so it's an intermediate period t- uh, time not to be taking as the model of how it will all look like you can be saved, but not have the Holy Spirit. That's a bad conclusion to come to. Um, I mean, scripture even tells us we can't even say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. And it's obviously not a just repeating of the word because atheists can say Jesus is Lord. Right. But it's obviously talking about a spiritual right. Our, our allegiance is to Christ. So, no, you cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit. There was an intermediate period time in the book of Acts. But again, that's a that's a totally different situation. Um, but let's let's continue with this uh, Acts 8 sermon, which little of it's going to be about Acts 8. But we'll get to that. The Bible just finished saying that there was great joy in the city. Miracles was happening. Yet nobody had the what? Nobody had the Holy Spirit. Nobody had it. Wow. Nobody had it. Wow. You know how I know nobody had it? Because they had to send for help. Well, also, but the apostles did have it because they had received the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But again, <laughs> let's continue. They sent for Peter and John, who represent the apostolic and the prophetic. What does this mean for us? And this one's going to rock you the wrong way, but I must take you there. Your next level is locked in the loins of someone you have to honor. So (laughs) he gets, he gets that pretty much you have to, you have this mantle of ownership of this apostle. You have to uh, honor in your life from Acts chapter eight. Is that the point of Acts chapter eight? No, that's not, that's not even the point. The point is actually about, I would argue, false conversion. If you actually read, if he would have continued reading, he he would have seen that he would have saw that, because what do you have? Literally a verse later, you have Simon being jealous of what the disciples are doing or the apostles are doing, and he wants to buy the Holy Spirit. And what does Peter say? Um, he says, "May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter." For your heart is not right before God. And so you have this, uh, you know, false conversion with uh, Simon. But he he turns it into, well, you have to honor an apostle in your life. That's not what the text is about. Because matter of fact, if you read uh, the next, uh, you know, uh, story, it's Philip and the eunuch, right? And he later receives the spirit. If you read that story, he gets baptized. He gets saved. But there was no apostle around. So I I don't I don't know how he got that interpretation out of that, because that's not the point. It's it's literally a, a, a statement in passing. It's a there's no. The text doesn't actually draw the conclusion that he draws. So where did he get that interpretation? Well, he this is what you call eisegesis, and we'll we'll expound more on this uh, because it's done a lot in this sermon. And like I think this is a great example uh, to teach people what exegesis looks like and eisegesis. Let me let me explain the two. 
exegesis is when you draw out, draw from what the text is saying, and you ex you you know explain that, right? Eisegesis is when you import something into the text and you read it into the text like it's what the text is actually saying, but it's actually not, right? So it's under it's a uh, very essential, very informative to for you to understand the difference between exegesis and eisegesis. What uh, Pagani's doing is eisegesis. Yes, like this video, everyone. Like this video. I know that there's a there's a teaching about the universal priesthood of the believers, and yes, we do all have access to the door. So, um, he right here he actually brings out a good truth, a good point. The universal priesthood of the believer, right? We all have access to God, you know, because of Jesus Christ. Um, he says, you know, we have access to the door. Okay. But watch what he says. But everyone does not have access to a room in the kingdom. The only So you, you have access to the door, I'm assuming, to the kingdom, but you don't have access to a room. I mean, what do doors lead to? I mean... Yes, generally they lead to rooms or you know houses or some kind of yeah some kind of room you know uh so i don't i don't get the distinction right there because it's a distinction without a difference um you don't have to go to your pastor to have access to god now that's not to say you don't have to go uh you know submit to a pastor uh church roles church functions that's not what i'm talking about but the moment a believer gets saved, he has access to God. There's no one he needs to honor except the son. Psalm 2. Kiss the son, honor the son unless you perish. Not the apostles. Not an apostle in your modern day life. Which, we're going to get to that because I don't believe there are modern day apostles. Way to access a room, you can't pray your way in. You can't get on a 40-day fast in. You have to either have the key or someone has to open the door and let you in. So this is actually, you know, you know, we're, we're talking about charismatic movements. This is actually one of the abuses, I think, of charismatic movements. I know from charismatic movements is they they place a large emphasis on the, right, you, you ready for this? The MOG. What's the MOG? The man of God. Right. The man of God, the apostle of God, the bishop of God, the right. There's a large, I would say, an over unhealthy emphasis of that of that title or that position. To where. It's almost unfathomable in many, many churches to question them. Right. To disagree with them. I, I've experienced places like this when I was early in my Christian walk to where, you know, why uh, right, I just did a video of this, right? If you disagree with the uh, the pastor, what 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 verse usually comes up? Touch not my anointed, touch not the anointed one. You can't speak to the man of God, the MOG like that, right? Even though that verse is out of context, uh, but that's commonly the thing, and that's what he's doing here, establishing this. You need to honor the bishop if you want to have access to the door or to the room. Well, no, you don't. I mean, we, we honor the men of God. God has placed over our lives because he said so. But this has nothing to do with this verse you're reading from Acts 8. Remember, this is preaching from Acts 8. None of this was ever explained in Acts chapter 8. He assumed it. 
No matter how great Philip was, his ministry was still lacking the Holy Spirit. Even though there was miraculous, even though there was a touch of God, there was a next dimension that two other people, or rather the church in Jerusalem had it, and they had to go send it so that that way they could get what? To the next dimension. And the place... None of that was actually exegeted from the text. It's, it's he read it and just he assumed all these things. One thing you have to be careful when listening to pastors and preachers is they'll do this. And I'll explain more of this as we go through this uh, sermon. They'll they'll preach a historical narrative. Right. And I'll give you an example of this in a second. But let me let me show you what's the common theme. They'll preach a historical narrative. Right. Something that happened. Right. Jesus walked on water. Uh, Daniel and the lions then and then they'll make an overarching theme and point to something in their ministry right uh let me give you an example of this right uh what's uh yeah David and Goliath right we've all heard uh, bad sermons off of David and Goliath right David and Goliath right was strong he was mighty alone by himself by himself he took on the giant he was courageous now you go be David right that's many applications of a historical narrative where they point to an overarching theme and apply it to some kind of principle in your life. But rather than asking that, we have to ask, what was the actual point in these historical narratives? I would argue it is uh, Christological, um, pointing ultimately to Christ. And I'll explain that here in a second. But but he's Pagani is doing the same thing. He's He's reading a historical narrative right and trying to make connections to things in his life or to his ministry or or to some other ministries yeah 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 randy even says yeah act 6 5 says philip was full of the spirit so yeah that's right agape's love touch my anointing was used to have me scared to speak on some emoji because i knew i wasn't perfect and didn't want to be judged for judging him but i realized it wasn't loving for me not to speak amen Amen. Yeah, they make everything prophetic. Absolutely. And so hopefully you can see this when it's done. Guys, if you learn this bait and switch trick that many pastors do, you will be well equipped to listen through a sermon and say, hey, that wasn't the point of that. Huh? That wasn't the point of what you just read. You know, Jesus walking on water isn't about you being confident in times of trials. That's, you know, like, like, don't fall for the historical narrative and then make application, you know, immediately. And so, again, that's why I would disagree with this reading of Acts chapter 8. Let's continue. What authority is this? The son of, 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 who was the son of, who is Christ. Just because you say you're an apostle. Come on. Come on. Who confirms you? Well, obviously, I would agree with that. <laughs> uh, and, and here's where I'll speak about apostles right now. But he's trying to say, well, <clears throat> you know, the son of the son of the son of represents some kind of authority. And therefore, if you really want to have a, a biblical ministry, um, you have to have some authority over your life. Now, guys, listen to what I'm about to say, because that's a half truth. That's a half truth, right? Um, or to earlier what he was talking about, even receive the spirit or even have access to certain 
blessings. Um, now, I'm a firm believer in the local church, and I do believe people need to be under the authority of the local church. Um, I, I'm a full believer, but I think he is abusing that truth. Um, he's talking about being under some apostle. Well, there is no apostles today. Why? One of the, and we see this from Acts chapter 1, one of the qualifications to be an, eld, uh, an apostle uh, was to actually see the risen Christ. So guess what? That takes all of us off the qualification list because we have never seen the risen Christ. And this is a physical scene, not not one of those, I saw Jesus in my dream kind of things. No, you actually saw the risen Christ. So, yes. Who laid hands on you? Where's your authority coming from? From Jesus. Sit down. So he mocks, he mocks even the idea that we... We uh, get our authority from Jesus. But watch what he says to that. No, I don't see Jesus. I need to see a person. So he wants to have some some human authority that uh, gives us our authority. Like I said, there's a there's a part truth in this because, you know, I think of like uh, pastoral ministries. Like, I don't believe someone can just should just go out and just start and be like, I'm gonna just be a pastor. Well, the Bible talks about uh, things like uh, you know, other men laying hands, uh, you know, other men confirming that gift of preaching. So th there's a half truth in that. But he's not talking about that. <laughs> he's talking in general as a Christian, where I think that's obviously wrong. Who's your pastor? <laughs> who's your apostle? Again, there are no more apostles. So who's my apostles? <laughs> uh, those found in scripture. I will say that. Who's your spiritual mother or father? Yeah. Or at least, who's your bishop and mentor? Yeah. Whatever works for you. Uh, biblically speaking, a bishop is a pastor. Those are the same uh, terms. They're not, uh, you know, like I said, many charismatics, they create all these sorts of offices that actually aren't in the Bible or they redefine these things. Again, bishop and uh, pastor, so, uh, biblically speaking, are synonyms. They're not, you know, something else. Your authority only comes receiving it from authority. Yeah. Your authority only comes from receiving it from authority. And by authority, he means human authority. So guess what? You know, because I've known many people that have gotten saved like this. They said, hey, I just one day I just read the Bible and I believed it. Right. No one preached to me. I didn't I didn't receive some authority from another authority. I just believed it. So apparently you're walking around saved, but you got half authority, I guess, uh, you know. You're missing something. There are people with credibility that actually affirm this, dude. Sadly, sadly. But we're going to see, April, you're going to want to stick around. You're going to want to stick around because this, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I shared it in the beginning, but I'll share it again. Pagani denies the Trinity. You guys want to stick around? To hear that Pagani denies the Trinity, but I didn't know that about him until I listened to this. But um, you late to the party? What I miss? <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you, you ain't miss too much. You didn't miss too much. But you know what? I'll, I'll do this for you. Yo, 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 yo. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Listen to me. If not. You could do the function, but you are unauthorized. 
which means God is blessing his word, not you. A lot of the charismatic, like, uh, vernacular makes no sense. It, uh, it, God is blessing his word, but not you, because you didn't receive your authority from another human authority. I, now, again, this is all supposed to be coming from Acts chapter 8. Did you see any of that in Acts chapter 8? No. No. None of that is in Acts chapter 8. All you have is Peter and uh, Philip. Let me, let me, let me, let me, you know, these, uh, what do you have in Acts chapter eight? You have Philip or the apostles being sent to Philip, but you don't have none of what he's talking about. This mantle and what do you say? Uh, meta universe. Somebody said, <laughs> yeah, all of that from Acts eight. Yeah. None of this was in Acts chapter eight, by the way. Did you catch that? See, that is why Jesus didn't say rejoice in the functioning. He said rejoice in the registry. Why? I had no idea what he was talking about. I had no idea. I Googled that. Rejoice in the registry. Nothing besides baby and wedding registries came up for Jesus. But nothing about... Rejoicing in the registry was a biblical phrase. So I have no clue what he's talking about. Anytime a charismatic speaks, you better be quick to Google that. They don't give you a biblical references. Or even, even if they do, we're going to see later. Even if they do, Google it. Go look at that passage because oftentimes they're misquoting it. They're leaving out something. They're adding something. Or just outright like what he did. I, no clue what he was talking about. And he's going to do this multiple times. You know what happens sometimes? People often remember a phrase that they grow up hearing that actually isn't in the Bible or it's a uh, phrase wrong. I'll give you an example. Uh, I heard this all my life and I thought this was actually uh, the full verse. Children obey your parents. I thought that was, I thought that was in the Bible. Now many of you are like, ain't it? That's not what it says. That's not what it says. Let me, let me, let me. <laughs> I, this part was left out and it was crucial for me. It was crucial for me. Children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. That's crucial. <laughs> you like that baby shower registry? <laughs> yes. You know, or uh, what, what, what's another one that people uh, remember? Uh, money is the root of all evil. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. So people often remember phrases that actually aren't in the Bible. Or here's my favorite one. Only God can judge me. <laughs> That's not in the Bible. That's Tupac. Let's keep it going. I don't care about the function. All I care about is my name is my name in that book of deliverance. You know, I'll Google that because I was like, book of deliverance. Book of deliverance. Book of deliverance. I mean, you know, I Googled it. Book of deliverance in the Bible. Book of, you know, no, no. Mardell's. Uh, <laughs> no. Deliverance. Book of deliverance. Uh, it's. It's, it's nowhere. No no phrase in the Bible 
<laughs> yes, yes. He meant the registers for that $99 uh, deliverance masterclass. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. But again, the book of deliverance is not found in the Bible. So that's what? Strike two or three for Pagani on stuff he just made up that he was quoting from the Bible. Again, this is supposed to be Acts chapter eight. <laughs> but watch, watch what he says here. And the book he was talking about was not the book of life. The Bible talks about many books. Each office and calling or administrations of the spirit has a book. The book is, it's your manual. So he, he says, each book of, let, let me go back. because We don't want to misrepresent him, right? We, we want to hear what Pagani is saying. And calling or administrations of the spirit has a book. The each calling and administration of the spirit has a book. So I guess you got a book of tongues, book of healing, book of service, book of teaching. <laughs> All these book. Right, it's in the charismatic uh, apocrypha. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All these books. Where where is that found in the Bible? No, I, I like I said, you know, I I consider each office has a book. I I consider myself someone who, you know, knows scripture. I mean, I don't claim to know every verse. Or sometimes I'm like, I hear something I'm like, oh, I know, I don't know, I don't know that. Oh, uh, oh, you did. I have to check it out. I have to check that out. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the, uh, hold on, let me, I'll, I'll put that on my watch later, later. But uh, where is that in the Bible, guys? Where is the book of all these gifts in the Bible? See, this is actually where you should, uh, I believe you're going to make some large point like this. You probably should take people to that book. You know, you probably should. Um, I don't know, maybe that's me. <laughs> Yeah, Scooby-Doo boys are, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? You know, some of these guys make me want to say, Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way you just making up stuff like this. Ain't no way. You know what's the sad part is? You got people, ooh, that's good. Ooh. They're just ooh and on, ain't checking for themselves. Even my pastor say something, I'm like, hold on. I'll go to the Greek, confirm what he said. Okay, yeah, you right, you right. <laughs> you know, I'm not here, I'm not just taking your word for it. I've been duped too many times taking people's word for it. So if I don't know, I'm I'm like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about, doc. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. So I gotta check you out. I gotta check it out. So look. I'm not just doing this with charismatics. I do this with people in my camp. I go, I check out what they're saying. The Greek means this. Well, I'm going to go to that word then, you know. I like that. People with Amen and Cal had a suit on. Sadly, sadly. Is, it's your manual. And it has a registry of how many people have been created that will function in that. Yep, he can say whatever he wants. They're ready to amen. Yep, just listen to that throughout the sermon. Right, just the eight. Ooh, preach, apostle. He's not saying nothing. <laughs> and guess what? Even worse, he's not even preaching from the Bible at this point. He's just, he's on his own tangent. Not exegeting any of this. Isogeting to the max. 
When you are trace, Ezekiel 24. Finally some Bible, but it gets worse, guys. It gets worse. 24, you don't have to read it. Just write it down because I want to move on. Is this. When you become traced, you now are a sign to the people. God said, Ezekiel, I am sending you as a sign to the people. Now watch this. Let me uh, say this, because again, there's half truth in this. Um, obviously for the apostles, right? I believe they were signs to the people. Uh, you know, when Jesus preached, he was a sign of uh, really God's judgment, right? The, the, the healings and things were often signs of, of judgment. Um, you know, that's, that's what the sign was. And, 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 you know, even from Ezekiel, uh, what was it? 24, 24. It was a sign that, um, God is who he is, you know, but is that often what we hear today? No, but you should not be one of these people because I'll, I'll demonstrate this here in a second, but one of the errors of the charismatic movement is they believe that God needs to confirm his message pretty much every generation. Like, that's why sign gifts need to happen, because how else is God supposed to? Uh, I, well, I don't believe that. I don't believe that's necessary. We have the full canon. The gospel is God's stamp of approval, so to speak. Jesus raising from the dead is what I need to point people to. Otherwise, they'll be judged. Let me show you what I mean. Um, first Corinthians, where does our wisdom come from? First Corinthians chapter one, uh, starting at verse 21 for since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. So is it in signs or in what we are preaching? Notice it, it, Paul is actually talking about the cross and the resurrection that what the world deems foolish. We preach. This always reminds me of the DJ, right? If you, right, when the DJ requests a song, we're the DJ, we got one song, right? We only play death, burial, and resurrection around here. They're like, hey, play that. Yeah, we're like, okay, we got you. Same song. We got one tune. We preach. And that's Christ. But notice, verse 22. For Jews demand signs. That's that's uh, Pagani. Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. This is our preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Need that Bible clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we preach, everyone. Christ. I don't need a sign. I don't need to keep doing all these signs to confirm, oh, God's message is with us and God's with us. No. Preach the gospel. That is the sign. It's a couple of things that stick out with the word sign is where we get the word signature. Did you catch it? Which means God, catch this revelation. If I cast out demons by the finger, fingers do what? Write what? Signature. Oh, so maybe when Jesus went down and wrote on the ground, he, that's a whole nother revelation. <laughs> See, this is the classic example of Jesus putting into the text something that's not the point. Again, that's not the point in signs and finger signatures and nothing to do with this. Nothing, nothing to do with anything you're trying to tell the people they should believe in. 
Hey, revelation. Hey, hey! What was so praiseworthy of that? What are signs and wonders? Signs and wonders is not to big you up. It's to validate your message. Again, we don't need to validate our message because our, our message has already been validated by the resurrection of Christ. What message are you going to perform that's greater than that? Tell me, Pagani. What, 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 what message do you have greater than that or equal to that or close to that that you're going to perform to the people to validate your messages from God? You know, people, they, people like to use that passage out of context. Greater signs you'll do than, than Jesus. And I always ask them, what are you going to do that's greater than the resurrection? <laughs> Saving sinners. Huh? What do you got? Please show me. I want to see this. That's not what that passage is speaking about. It's not speaking about you will do something ontologically greater. Is that our message will go further. And, and, and talking about its span. I mean, think about it. Jesus was in a localized geographic area. You know, we have internet. <laughs> you know, we literally thousands of people can hear this. But you, nothing I'm going to do or say on this video is going to be greater than Jesus' resurrection. I can guarantee you that. See? You don't believe so? When Jesus preached, they said, what sign do you show us? He said, okay, watch this. And he started showing signs. See? So we get the word, we get the word signature. Or where we also get the word assignment. That that church. I'm not sure about that one, but all right. <laughs> I better be careful how they treat you. Because you're a little taste of what they could have if they're faithful with the small things. God unleashes the bigger things. So he's saying, hey, uh, how a church treats you, they should be careful because uh, you, you are, you're a sign. Matter of fact, your presence just being there uh, is a sign that they can receive something greater. Where, where is that in the Bible? Where is any of that? <laughs> Signs and words that will show people that God exists so people can believe back in the day. Not say God can do it again, but the cross is all they need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. So true. This is a gospel of self. Absolutely. Jesus did not say that. <laughs> so blunt. Straightforward. I love it. What scripture are we using again? <laughs> we're, we're in Acts 8. We're in Ezekiel 24. No clue. Because there's no uh, expounding. There's no exegetical framework being laid out. Uh, you know, explaining what the text is saying. This is just... This is another form of teaching that people do to make you think they're actually drawing out what they're saying. A lot of word of faith pre pre preachers do that. Watch, watch this, right? They'll they'll read a text through all things I can I can do all things through Christ and Jesus. So what you need to do, because the word of God said it, you can do everything you put your mind to. Now they're not actually not explaining the passage and what it means. They're reading a text, right? They're reading a text and making you think everything they're saying afterwards is actually coming from the Bible. You got to watch these exegetical fallacies. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Absolutely. Yes. Be careful of this exegetical fallacy where a person reads a text and makes you think they're actually coming from the Bible with everything they say afterwards. That's not the truth. 
<laughs> Bagani 316. Yes. This ain't from the Bible. This is from his own head. See? The biggest sign. Oh, watch this. This part uh, blew me away that he said this. He says, the biggest sign that you know God is with you. Hold on. Let, let, let me just play it. Let me just play it. Do you know God is calling you to do deliverance is God starts speaking to you in your dreams. Okay, so the biggest sign you know God is with you is God speaks to you in your dreams. So if we go to Judges 7, 3, 13 through 15, we should actually see his point, right? We should actually see um, that the point of that is God's, uh, you know, God speaking to you in your dreams. And that's the number one sign that, you know, God is calling you to deliverance ministries, right? Well, okay. Let's just read the text. I'm all about that, right? Read the text. Read the text. Okay. When Gideon came, behold, a man was telling a dream to his comrades. And he said, behold, I dreamed the dream. And behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian and came to the tent and struck it. So that it fell and turned upside down for the tent lay flat. And his comrade answered that this is no other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given into his hand the Midian and the camp and all the camp. Now, did we actually see what he said was going to be in that text? No. <laughs> all he did was go to a text that said dreams in it or someone having a dream. Assume the conclusion. Then that's the number one sign that God is calling you to uh you know, this ministry or God is with you. That's not, that's not, again, remember what I said in the beginning, many charismatics do this. They take historical narratives and they turn it into a point that it's not about. Remember, uh, many people do this with David and Goliath. Many people do this with Jesus walking uh, on water. Um, be careful of taking historical narratives to a point that it's not talking about. So let's, uh, let's continue. God speaks to you in your dreams. Why? Because your dream life is the only place that Jezebel cannot influence. Your dream life is the only place Jezebel cannot influence. Now, I don't know what Bible verse he's coming from, but l let me play this. Cause this one's even going to be, uh, more wild. Here's, here's what I know is your dream life is the only place where you don't feel like you grieve the Holy Spirit. Your dream life is the only place you don't feel like you've grieved the Holy Spirit. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know about y'all, but I've had dreams where I do believe I've sinned, you know, subconsciously, but, <laughs> oh good. Jezebel's into the chat. Yes. Um, so I have no clue what he's talking about. If you're a sinner, you probably sinned even in your dreams. Don Hill says, I wonder if Pagani has read Jude, where false teachers rely on their dreams. Very good point. Very good point. Um, <laughs> Echo says, I am part charismatic and this is foolishness. <laughs> no, you, you know, I'm sympathetic to many char charismatic positions. I'm like, you know what? I can see how you come to that. But this stuff right here is just beyond the foolery. Beyond the foolery. Like, y y 
Nothing about this is coming from the Bible. Nothing. Nothing at all. No, Nothing about Jezebel not being able to come in your dreams. Nothing about you can't sin in your dreams. But Pagani there is believing it. Because you're in an atmosphere that doesn't know how to tap into the Holy Spirit. Right? Wait a second. Let me go back. Y'all got to hear that part. <laughs> Because you're in an atmosphere that doesn't know how to tap into the Holy Spirit. Because you're in an atmosphere that doesn't know how to tap into the Holy Spirit. What does that even mean? What? I don't even know what that means. Like, I just got to say. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that, man? I, I, Wait a minute. Who are you? Why are you just making this stuff up? Like, why are you always lying? Just lying on God's name, man. Yes, this is lazy preaching. No expounding. He just freestyling. You know what? It's easy to be a charismatic preacher because God just gives you a word, you know, and you can just make up whatever comes to your mind, or right, the spirit just flows, right? i.e. the worship leading that night, the worship music just leading that night, right? Because you didn't study. So now the spirit got to move, quote unquote. This is just a mess, but it gets worse. Hey, man, uh, I concur your message. I concur your message, <laughs> Cephas. Right? So God speaks to you in you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I agree with Dear World Christians. Sow, a, sow in seed or hit the like button. Hey, you can either give to Pagani or hit the like button. One's free <laughs> and actually helps a, a you know a good ministry. But yeah. Yeah, is the is the Holy Spirit a realm, right, we tap into? I, I, I don't know. Dreams. When Gideon came, behold, the man was telling a what? Yeah, he's just reading what I read. So uh, let's... Uh, I read that for y'all, but let's get to, yeah. The host of Midian into your hands. Now, what does this mean? Number one, you begin to see yourself in dreams casting out demons. <laughs> so, I, man, sometimes, man, this stuff uh, leaves me speechless, like literally. And I've heard this stuff before, right? I've had to edit the video and, you know, I, you see yourself casting out demons in your dreams, okay? Jezebel can't get in our dreams. I guess the spirit of Jezebel, but the spirit of demonic influences can't. I, I don't get it. I, I don't claim to get it. I don't claim to know. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Number two, people around you begin to see you in their dreams casting out their demons. Yeah, yeah is that what happened in the text? So... Demons, right, we're casting out demons in our dreams. But not only that, other people see us casting out their demons in their dreams. Um, I've had some weird dreams, guys, but I don't make any try. I don't try to make any spiritual connection between the dreams I have. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I don't think it's good to do that. Uh, you are not living in a time where uh, God is speaking to your dream and your dreams are authoritative to where God is speaking. 
Because that's that's ultimately what he's saying. If God gave you a dream, it's authoritative and I, I am obligated to obey it. Be careful. Be careful. God begins to deal with your dreams. Now, the reason why God deals with you in your dreams is because your dream life is the place of your self-perception. Your dream life is the place of your self-perception. Yeah, there is my favorite. Who are, wait a minute, who are you? Yes. Yes, I'm going to need y'all to stop dreaming about me, right? Like all the Marcus Rogers dreams. But that's another video. And guys, there's actually a lot more. Uh, but anyways, um, <laughs> you and Minor should review a sermon together. I don't know. This is his boy. This is his boy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, Andre Andreza. I have problems with, with that issue, but um, coming on the solid platforms and solid platforms affirming Pagani. But he says your dreams are the place of your uh, self perception. Where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the Bible? Um, and. I've had some pretty wacky dreams about myself. I mean, I've had dreams where I, <laughs> I've like lifted cars, but I can't lift no car. And I don't think I can. I don't self-perceive myself to, you know, I've had dreams where I fall off the, um, Grand Canyon. I used to have, I re I have, re I've had reoccurring dreams. Now much, I honestly don't remember many of my dreams <laughs> to be honest. But when I was a kid, I used to have this dream of, uh, falling off of the Grand Canyon. I had never been to the Grand Canyon, and nor was I suicidal. But again, that has nothing to do with your self-perception. Do you view Pagani as a false teacher? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Stick, Guys, you, you definitely want to stick around, uh, let's see, about six more minutes till we get there. And I'm going to show why, because he denies the Trinity. I don't believe he's a false teacher. Okay, Tasha. I would encourage you highly to stick around. Let's try to get there. Let's try to get there. He wants to begin to deal with you. So when you begin to answer the call of deliverance, you're not still worrying about your identity or whether God has called you to yes, do this. Yes. We need to get delivered from that. You know what? I just thought of this. I didn't know scripture was telling us to, ha you know, think, uh, have this identity of what we think. Of. I thought our identity was supposed to be in Christ. So unless all your dreams are, are about Jesus, uh, then I would say they're wrong. You know, when it comes to identity. But, yeah. So God says he's been speaking to you in your dreams. Now watch this. I'm not even going to look. By show of hands, how many of you have been dreaming the exact same thing I'm talking about? Look at all these hands that God has been dealing with you. This is what I call uh, feeding your crowd, right? You've already fed them about these dreams they're supposed to having. Charismatics do this a lot, right? Because, right, if... Now, if you don't raise your hand, now you're viewed as, wow, I know who got the demon, <laughs> right? Uh, right? And so this is feeding your crowd in the frenzy of the moment. And, and I've been in these moments too as, as a charismatic. I've, I've been in these moments to where I'm like, man, I know that person lying. I know they are because I know them, right? So let's go. You say, Tasha, uh, you don't believe that he is. Okay, that, that's your perspective. I'm going to show biblically why he is. The, you know, um, 
you know, psychologists have done stuff like this to where, you know, there's been like group, uh, group uh, societal things, you know, where you can like trick people to, to do, right? Um, right. If you get a room of like 100 people, right? And 100 people just like turn around real quick. That person more than likely is going to do it because it's like an influence thing. Like, you know, you get people to raise their hand. Most people are going to raise their hand too. Anyways. How about having your own relationship with Jesus? Well, then, if what you're saying is true, then why are you correcting us? Shouldn't you have your own relationship with Jesus and not correct us? You know, I, I find that interesting when people like, they're correcting you on not correcting people. Right? A, a lot of people do that in, my, in, the, in the videos, in the comments. Um, I don't have to put scripture in anything. Well, that's largely the problem I'm pointing out. Casting out demons in your dreams. Sign number one. Turn me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. Look what it says. From henceforth. Let me respond to Tasha real quick. She says, you have to have a relationship with Jesus. Yes, you do have to have a relationship with Jesus. Absolutely. But which Jesus? Which, which Jesus? The Jesus of uh, Mormons? Islam? We have to define who Jesus is biblically. And once we do that, we'll see. Uh, Emily says, what's your greatest argument for why he's a false teacher? Just curious. Not here to start uh, drama. Very uh, good question. Um, I, like I said, I'm going to lay that out here in a second. My, my biggest thing is he denies the Trinity. I'm a dreamer myself. Am I false? Well, if, if that, all you've heard is... He has dreams. That's why he's false. You're not actually listening to me. That's not why I disagree with him. I have dreams, obviously, literally and physically <laughs> or psychologically. That's not why I said he's in error. So you're not actually really listening to it to, to me. So, yes. What does the first say? It said, let no man what? Trouble me. Oh, by the way, he's in Galatians 6, uh, 17. For I bear on my body the marks of who? The marks of the Lord, the Lord Jesus. Uh, let me read this real quick from Don, because I think this actually encapsulates what, what I'm trying to say. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ requires correct theology. Experience is not the standard. The scripture is the standard for truth. Amen. That should just drop the bomb right there. We should all agree. But anyways, he's going to Galatians 6.17. Right. Where the Apostle Paul says, I bear on the, my body the marks of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to ask a question to the chat. Is Paul, when he speaks about. Uh, all right. Let me sort of touch this. But making videos of people are outrageous. Well, but you can make comments about people. Interesting. Interesting. Um, back to when Paul says he he's uh, what do you call he bears the marks on his body of Jesus. What is he? Is he talking about literal marks or metaphorical marks? Yeah, Rashad. Yeah, you, you can believe whatever you want. Just add Jesus, right? Who cares, right? Don't don't take theology serious. But I want to I want to I will, I will answer that question. But I want to see what you guys think. When 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 the Apostle Paul says he bears on the marks of his body on his body. Let let me actually go to it. He says, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. What is he referring to? What is the Apostle Paul referring to? 
would love to see your question, your your answer. Guys, you know how I do. Tell you to think about it. Think about it. Right. We have to stop with this evangelifish, right? Modern Christianity where, right, the only thing we know is John 3.16 and everything is about your emotions and feelings. And we wonder why people leave in the church because <laughs> they don't know anything about Jesus. Then they get, you know, tired of pizza and cake and candy at youth group. And they were like, why did they leave the Lord? Well, they never got the Lord. <laughs> they just, all they thought Jesus was about is fun. This time we stopped playing the games. But anyways, I'll tell you what I believe because I'm not seeing anybody answer it. But I believe when Paul's talking about he he's uh bears the uh, on his marks the body on his you know of Jesus he's talking about literal marks on his body. Paul was a bruised and battered man. How do I know this? Well, 2 Corinthians uh chapter 11 a, a real real great chapter too about Paul uh Paul, uh, you know, defending his apostolic ministry. You know, oh man, it's, I'll start at verse 23. Are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I'm talking like a madman with far greater, far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes of uh, 40 lashes less one. Now, Paul is saying five times he received a beating of 39 lashings. To the point near death. That would cause you to be messed up in your body. Like um, you would be beat up pretty bad if that happened to you. Okay. But not only that. Three times I was beaten with the rods. (laughs) Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys in danger from rivers. Dangers from robbers. Dangers from my own people. So much for the prosperity gospel, right? This is your best life now. Dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers at sea, dangers from false brothers, and toil, hardship, through many a sleep of nights and hunger, thirst, also without food, and cold and exposure. You, you, you think Paul's saying he suffered a lot? You, you, you might think Paul's saying he suffered a lot. And the I so I believe what he's talking about when he's referring to the marks on the body is literally the marks on his body. Paul had scars. He probably had damage. I mean, Paul probably walked very slowly, especially once he got older in age. He he was just, he was hurt. But, you know, it's our best life now. Anyways. Watch this. Everyone knows all over the world that New York City and Timberland Boots have an intimate, fond relationship. <laughs> So he's going to try to make some kind of connection with marks on the Apostle Paul body and Timberland boots in New York. We've immediately gotten out of the text, right? Okay. Watch this. Let's say you came out with your new Timberlands or your new lady's red bottoms. Right? Finally bought it. It's expensive. You bought it. You come looking fresh and then I come and I step on them. Be honest. You won't turn the other cheek. You'll say something, right? Right? Be honest. I'll be honest. I'm like, yo. Yeah. Right? Watch this. Be honest. How many of you would know you feel like you want to fight? I'll, I'll be the first one. What's up? 
Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. What if you came out of your house with your fresh new yellow boot Tims? Nice Jordans, white. You know, looking nice, dapper. And someone stepped on you on a muddy day. And then you look up and they're blind. You know what you would do? You would do nothing. You know why? Because you see their marks. <laughs> that had nothing to do with Galatians 6 17. Uh, had nothing to do with what Paul is talking about. Wow. Well, I don't know why the devil keeps yelling at you when you yell at the devil because he don't see no marks. The more marked you are, the less the demons talk. <laughs> where is this in the, like I said, where is in the scripture? Where, where is any of that? It's just, you make it up and everybody goes along with it. They just, oh. Nothing to do with what he just said about Galatians 6.17. Nothing at all. Just in case you're confused, you're like, that sounded deep. Well, it's deeply not in the Bible. You want to know why most pastors and leaders don't want to do deliverance? Because they haven't been marked a long time. They used to be marked. See? Let me give you an example of how this works. When a man walks in a room and everybody stands up and does like this, they're not saluting a person. They're looking at a marks. They're looking at marks. Watch this. Even if my man Adrian said, "Where's Brother Westbrook? We're gonna have to exalt uh, Brother Westbrook to the level of sainthood <laughs> after this uh, video." <laughs> a general or corporate, a corporal or general is wrong. Nobody would dare uh, tell him that he's wrong. You just take the hit. And you find a way to let the, uh, like, he's wrong. No one would dare say, "Uh, sir, you're wrong. A a general is not always right. But why don't we do it? Because we respect their marks. Even when they're wrong. We don't do it out of respect for the office and all the years he put in work. Again, he's out of the text, not dealing with the text. It has nothing to do with a general having uh, insignia insignia and marks on his uh, body. (laughs) Nothing. We walk away and we just say, man, his line of thinking is wrong in this area. See? See? Why? Because there's marks. God sent me here to birth a nation of Nazarites. You want to know why I grow my beard? Not because I like it. This is my vow of holiness. How many of you have been blessed by my book? So I guess God God told him to grow his beard. I guess he vowed that to be holy. Uh, All right. But. Secrets to deliverance. I got that revelation in prayer. Praying in tongues. For an hour a day, and in 2016, I only prayed in tongues for the whole year. God said, I want you praying in English this whole year. So for one year, God told him, don't even pray in English. I just want you to pray in this unknown tongue, right? Speak in tongues. Don't pray in English. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I said, no, man, cut it off. Literally, and yeah, and cut the mic. (laughs) 
He said we don't need no more review. I'm not even to the worst part yet. I'm not to the worst part yet. Hold on, let me get there. Um. And that was the result of that. Downloads, downloads, download rooms. I was like, what the heck? Well, know why? Because when your spirit is pure, he can release revelation. Sign number five. So then why wouldn't you speak in tongues all the time then? If, if, if you just get all these blessings in overflow, but that's another point. Don't, don't speak in a known tongue, please. Cause you come up to me speaking in tongues. I'm going to walk away from it because I don't know what you're saying. Brother, can I pray for you? Can you not ask? So I was like, brother, can I, you tell someone you like struggling with something or, you know, man, you need to praying for your injury or something. And he just comes and just go. Oh, like, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> Let me finish this thought before you go, what the heck was that that he just said? Let me finish it. You know, someone just said this, but uh, Don Hill, this elevates him. This sermon has been mostly about him. If you just just listen to what he's saying, it's been, been about him or you, little about Jesus. And matter of fact, I'm going to tell you to get the focus off of Jesus. But hold on, we're going to get there. Some of you are going to be like, what? Watch this. The last sign is he's trying to change your theology from being Jesus-centered to being Holy Spirit-centered. So God wants to change your theology. The problem with your theology is you're too Christ-centered. You know, you got to overemphasis on uh, Christocentrism and you need a more Holy Spirit centric theology that's what he just told us proof text Revelation 2.9 well you guys know how I like to do let's look up Revelation 2.9 it should say hey we should get the focus off of Christ and more on the spirit he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches hold on maybe King James let me let me look up King James you know how some of these preachers do. Uh, uh, let me look up the King James. It's got to be King James. I, I, I got to give him benefit of the doubt. All right, King James. King James. Uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. Say the same thing. What? Hold on. Let me play by Saint, Saint Westbrook real quick. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? What? 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 As many people says, the Holy Spirit testifies about Christ. Matter of fact, I got a couple verses too that um, speak of this. Uh, you know, the Spirit points us to Christ. I mean, the Spirit is always pointing people to Christ. But he's saying, no, 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 no. Get your eyes off of Jesus. That's the problem. The problem is you're too Christ-centered. You're too focused on Jesus. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Literally. The Spirit points us to Christ. The Revelation 2.29 says nothing about what he just said. Revelation 2, 2.29 says nothing about what he just said. But 
you know, you can't expect people uh, to go look up the verse and say, is, is that what it says? Is that what it says? Right? Um, 1 John 4, 2, 3, but you know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the spirit is why we can do these things. The spirit is why we can uh, confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, right? Yeah, yeah. Red alert, red alert. Any preacher that tells you to take the focus of false Christ is, is missing it. Because the Spirit's role is to point people to Christ. Why? He's the Redeemer. In Jesus do we have forgiveness of sins. And this is a weird, even, dynamic of the Trinity as well. Like I said, this 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 is just strange. But it gets worse. If you don't think it could get worse, it can. Let me finish that thought. Let me finish that thought. Listen to me. Listen to me. They're not called the gifts of Jesus. You missed it. They're not called the gifts of Jesus. They're called the gifts of the. So, you know, get the focus off Christ because it's not called the gifts of Christ. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is a. Yeah. Yeah. People don't open up the Bible. Uh, that's a it's a silly argument. In that sense, because the spirit of this. The Holy Spirit and the, and the Spirit ontologically are of the same being. Not the same person, the same being, same essence. It all Ultimately, it all points back to the triune God anyway, but it, it gets worse. So, you may, you, okay, to be fair, you may say, okay, okay, he's got a point. But watch this, watch the next few ones. It's not called the fruit of Jesus. It's called the... You better talk. No, don't talk. The fruit of the, it's the fruit of God. It's the fruit of the spirit. You can easily say the fruit of Christ. Why? Is he literally arguing that the spirit possesses something fruit wise that Christ doesn't have or that the father doesn't have? It's, it doesn't say fruit of the father. See, this is a bad argument. And if you were consistent, it would lead you to some pretty bad implications but it gets worse there you go knew my brother best would show up with the goods <laughs> Ephesians 4 says Christ gives gifts to the church that's right I had something onto that about uh, about fruit the fruit of Christ Where? oh yeah yeah John 15 4 and 5 abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine so neither can you abide in me. So we can't have fruit unless we're connected to the vine. What does Jesus say? I am the vine. <laughs> you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. So I would argue it is the fruit of Christ because we're connected to the vine. Fruit of the spirit. You're not even called the temple of Jesus. <laughs> You're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Oh 
<laughs> you don't the devil, the Holy Spirit. Oh. Again, this guy doesn't know much Bible. He doesn't know much Bible. It's the temple of his body. What does Jesus say? We, 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 <laughs> I don't even, there's numerous verses where I can go to, I mean, about the body of Christ being the temple of Christ and we being, it, it, this is so bad. Again, Jesus talks about the temple, his body being the temple, his body actually being the temple and that he would raise it three days later in John chapter two. Um, hold on a second. <laughs> oh man, this is he 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 actually what what's so bad about this? He's actually pinning the spirit and Christ against each other. Yeah, this Brandon said it perfectly. Sowing discord between Christ and the Holy Spirit. Smh. Yes. Yeah. What does he have against Jesus? This is not a joke anymore. I truly feel bad for him. He is lost and deceived. Guys, it gets worse. Can you imagine? What you've heard is already bad enough. Can you imagine? It getting worse? Boy, ain't no way, boy. Boy, ain't no way, boy. Ain't no way it get worse. Boy, ain't no way it get worse. You you thought you thought it couldn't, but God did. God knew. God did. He knew it would get worse. Even get anointed by Jesus. Oh, when Paul and Barnabas got anointed, who was it that anointed them? The Spirit said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas. So we're not even anointed by the Holy Spirit, Pagani says. We're only we're only anointed by uh the Holy Spirit. First John 2, 27, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And from contextually, you can see this is about the son. This is about Jesus. Um, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as the anointing teaches you about everything and it's true and there's no lie, just that he taught you abide in him. Remember the abiding. Obviously, the anointing that we have is Trinitarian. We're anointed by the father, son and the spirit. So. I don't know where he got this from. I don't know. <laughs> Again, charismatics love to emphasize the spirit. And, and what they mean by spirit is usually tongues. Um, you know, rolling around, prophecy, all this. They don't mean what we mean by the Holy Spirit, generally speaking. Um, but no, we, we have the anointing of Christ. We we have the anointing of uh, Christ. I mean, I don't I don't know what kind of what what would lead someone to teach this. Very sad, very sad. But it gets worse. It gets worse. Jesus there, huh? Because Jesus can't anoint if he's too busy being a high priest. Jesus cannot anoint us. Because he's too busy being our high priest. I want you to guys think. I want you to think on that. I'll, hold on. Let me. I want y'all to think on that. Jesus cannot anoint us. Because he's too busy. Being our high priest. Huh?
How how was that biblical? Boy, if you don't get help me, help me. Ain't nobody got time for this. I mean. He needs some milk. Jesus is too busy. He just can't, he just can't juggle all the 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 roles of God he has to do. He's like overworked. He's putting in that OT and he's getting slaved in the Trinitarian kingdom, I guess. I mean I, I don't He's saying the hypostatic union does not exist. Watch, he's going to make a blatant denial of the Trinitarian Trinity in a second. Just wait. But apparently Jesus is too busy to anoint us because he's too busy being our, what do you say, our priest? God's just too busy. The, the, the Jesus, who is fully God, fully man, is, I guess, just getting worked too hard being our priest. He's got too many people to, you know, to care for and look after. He, he, he's too, he can't anoint us. I mean, you know, he, he, that is blasphemy. That is blasphemy. Yes, he has brought Christ down to his level. Absolutely. But it gets worse. It gets worse. Intercessor. He's functioning as an intercessor. Yeah, that's right. Now, let me just throw this in there because people with orphan spirit be like, wow, but don't Jesus feel bad? Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not competing. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? The Holy Spirit is Jesus. That's what Pagani just said. The whole, That is a denial of the Trinity. That is a denial. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not Jesus. They are distinct from one another in their personhood. Oh, oh, oh I, 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 I got, you. I got you, I got you, uh, KDP. What's wrong with you people? What's wrong? But it gets worse. You say, how can it get worse than this? You're lying to me. Check it out. Jesus is God, manifested in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus and the Father, manifested in spirit. So Jesus, or the Holy Spirit is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is the Father as well. That is classic oneness theology, Unitarian theology on the Godhead. This man is not a Trinitarian. Definitely not a knowledgeable one. Now, let me be fair to him. Does he know what he's talking about? I, I, I don't think he actually knows the distinctions between the Trinitarian and oneness position i would actually be surprised but here he is denying the trinity but yes everybody's preaching and clapping and loving it yes no absolutely no to that you know what i'm gonna use this in a positive spin someone said is this modalism absolutely this is modalism who said run that part back i got you brother i got you brother charles I got you, Brother Charles. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are not competing. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. Jesus is God, manifested in the flesh. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus and the Father, manifested in spirit. What?
Bro, what are you talking about, man? Man, get out the pulpit with that. Denying the Trinity, man. Say, how how old is this? This is about a year old, I believe. This sermon ain't that. It's not that old. Not that old. You know. I usually play this to people who uh you know come in here, they don't like, you know, me teaching on false false teachers and this is what you should do to Alexander Pagani's ministry. If I make you feel some type of way If you preaching all the heresy, that's what you should do. Unfollow this man. You know? Unfollow him, spiritually speaking. That is bad. That is bad. That that is Again, that is a denial of the Trinity. A denial of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. I've done numerous videos on the Trinity. The Holy Spirit, the Son, the Father are distinct from one another. From one another. Same in their essence. Distinct in their person. Right. The Spirit is fully God. The Son is fully God. The, the, come on, look, 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 look. Let me look. This is a a good. Demonstration of what you mean. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> the heresy, you like it? So the Father is God. Like we have one God. One God. Father is not the hold on, it's hard to do this. Father's not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. The Father's God. The Spirit is God. The Son is God. One God. Three persons. One God. One God. Pagani rejects the Trinity. He rejects that. So for um I know there's a popular Christian YouTuber that has platform Pagani. Might want to send him this clip. Uh Pagani denying the Trinity. Y'all want it one more time? Hold on. If I make you feel some type of way He's preaching all that heresy <laughs> Yes, unfollow uh, Leave the ministry of Pagani Because he's denying the Trinity He actually wants to get you the focus Off of Christ Off of Christ Can you imagine that? What kind of minister Man of God, MOG, right? I said from the beginning. What kind of MOG, right, would tell you to get the focus off Christ? You're too Christ-centered. You know what? I can't be Christ-centered enough. No one can. If I'm preaching a lot of Christ, I need to preach more Christ. More Christ. That's that's the solution. Not less of Christ. More of Christ. Let, let, let me... Let me go to some, let me, let me go to some texts. You know, I've already brought up the uh, text. And, uh, what, 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 um, yeah, maybe he's uh, using the, uh, doesn't have the language. No, I, I'm very possible, but like you said, at very best, he should not be in the pulpit, you know, um, 
yes, yes, yes. The illustration Caleb just had up is called Scutum Fidei. Sorry, my Latin's terrible. Yeah, it can't be Christ-centered enough. What did Paul say? He preached Christ. Matter of fact, let me go to that text. Um, let me go to that text there. Uh, no, there's another text I'm thinking of. Oh, uh, maybe y'all can help me out. Oh man, uh, man, my mind's going blank. Y'all, 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 help me out in the chat. Help me out in the chat. I'm trying to think of a, this text. Uh, it's not he preached Christ. He I feel like it's in 1 Corinthians as well. What does it say? Y'all help me out. Um, I mean, even this. Uh, yeah, yeah. The word of God is, the for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Yeah, we that's that's what we're we're that's what we are preaching. Christ. Matter of fact, you don't have a gospel if you don't preach Christ. Right? Um no, it's another text I'm thinking of. Uh I can't think of it right now. You know how it is. You just think about something like uh What it what man, is Paul said something about like uh pretty much it's it's only christ he's preaching or like that's that's what he preaches like uh hold on let me let me i think i know how to find it uh let me see let me sorry I, <laughs> uh oh well i may not be able to find it it's all right it's all right oh wait hold on hold on might might have got a save here. Might have got a save. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and Him crucified. There we go. There we go. <laughs> what in the Alex Pagini we got going on? <laughs> yeah. My wife slipped in, gave me that text. So you know, yeah, yeah. First Corinthians two two. See, I knew it was in First Corinthians. Had a had a mind blank. For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. P Pagani will tell you, Paul, you no no no. You don't need to know nothing among you except cruci crucified. You need a little more of that spirit. Get get your eyes off Jesus. Which is like the a wild thing to say. Wild thing to say. But another thing that I believe charismatics. Uh, especially the one Pagani have made. If, oh, oh wait, wait, wait! I'm not even done with the video. Hold on, I got, I got. There's one thing I wanted to say. Because he... deliverance is not WWJD. Deliverance is not what would Jesus do. Deliverance is do what Jesus did. What did he do? He depended on the Holy Spirit. The ministry of deliverance. That's why you're stuck when you do deliverance. Because you're trying to find a scripture. We only have six instances in scripture where we're dealing with demons. Yeah. 
So he says, you know why you can't cast out them demons? Because you're trying to find a Bible verse. <laughs> you're trying to have, you're trying to find a biblical reference to what you're talking about. Which he really denies what, what I would argue, uh, the scripture calls the more sure words. Scripture is more sure than your deliverance ministry word of God. More sure than anything, but we can't go to the more sure word for all things pertaining to life and godliness. You know, according to uh, uh, Pagini, because he says, yes, scripture only has, you know, pretty much, you know, a handful of references when speaking about casting out demons. He says six references. Okay, well, pr you probably shouldn't make that the emphasis of your ministry then. You, you probably shouldn't make that the large emphasis of your ministry if it's not very uh, centered in the Bible. But you you make it a large focus of your ministry. And yes, and and so yeah, yeah. I'm with I'm with I'm with this. I think I'll stick to scripture. Absolutely, give me scripture over over any of this. And I was thinking through this, and you know, I'm thinking of. Second Timothy, uh, you know, three. What does it say? All scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Well, Pagani says you can't. You, you, you ain't going to find a, a Bible verse to be equipped for every good work. Maybe you shouldn't. Make the large emphasis of your, your your ministry about casting out devils. You ever notice this? That these people are literally in their ministry followed by demons? Like, that would make me second guess what I'm doing. <laughs> if the large emph emphasis of my ministry and teaching, demons were following me to where I had to cast them out all the time. In the modern, obviously, now. I mean, like I said, it's that would cause me like, why are demons always following me? They just feel comfortable in my presence. Like the, the irony of that. Um, but yes, so. If you're trying to find a scripture, how do I handle this? You're going to get stuck. Yes, yes. So the scriptures aren't, you, look, if you're just following what scripture says, you, you're not going to, Pagani says, you're just going to get stuck. That the scriptures aren't going to lead you in how to, you know, Live the Christian life in all things. That's this is terrible. I mean, you just read scripture. Hey, every good work, every good work. Wow. But the Bible says the Spirit has many administrations. The Spirit has many administrations. You know. I had to look that up because I was like, what is he what is he talking about? Well, he's referring to remember, whenever these guys quote a verse, go look it up. Uh, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And so I I think the King James version years uses administration. But he's trying to use this verse to say, Well, this is why we don't have a have to have a scripture verse for it. That's not what that's talking about. It's just there are many functions in the body 
and, and gifts that the spirit has gifted his people in the local church, right? Some service, some uh, pastors, not everybody's a pastor in the church, right? Of course not. Um, some, you know, you know, like I said, service is something that, you know, it's mentioned as a spiritual gift. And so many, many gifts that exist in the body, many gifts that exist in the body. And so, yeah, that's, that's it. That's Pagani. Like I said, I think this should be uh, shared to a content creator who uh, promotes Pagani, calls him a brother, even though he denies the Trinity. Very problematic, very problematic. Like I said, uh, like the video, man. We got 65 people viewing, 40 likes. Make sure you like the video. Um, hope hope you, hope this was educational for you. Um, like I said, I am not a big... Uh, proponent of deliverance ministries i do want to look at some uh some teachings of uh isaiah salvador's uh ministry and want to even point out further along how uh, isaiah uh, deliverance ministries often have the focus off of off of christ and the large emphasis is on demons if you think about it that's what actually is done even pagani admitted we only have six references to people uh, having demons cast out well Again, probably shouldn't be the large focus of your ministry. So, again, I want to look at some of Isaiah Salvador's teachings. Like I said, if there's a particular video you would like me to look at, hey, let's send it to me and we'll, we'll check it out. And we'll go through it. And so, like I said, hope this video was helpful. Hope you enjoyed it. You guys know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Hey, grace and peace, y'all. Till the next time. Grace and peace.